Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is Chris talking about steps four and five. Hey everyone, Chris Alcoholic. There was just a couple of things that I wanted to get across with steps four and five. Uh, One was my experience doing it by myself and which I'm not going to recommend and the other one is doing it with a sponsor and with guidance. So this pile of really badly looking columns and footnotes and edits and spelling errors and plot holes, that's what I did by myself after listening to some speaker tapes thinking they were really great, really well laid out and then I'd go and put something down on paper and it didn't resemble anything like what I'd just heard. Because with this keen intellectual alcoholic mind of mine, I will pick and choose what I hear and I'll adjust. So when I heard column one needs to be this, I was like, yeah, okay, column one. But then I'll just sort of slip into column two and then some of these lists have like seven columns to them. Now, if anyone who's done a step four knows that that's probably three or four too far. (laughs) I was first taken through the steps by somebody who didn't, didn't go from this. They went straight off here, straight off the banner. And they explained it to me from the words here. Now, again, anyone who's been through this process knows that step one takes quite a few pages to actually get a deep level of understanding through it. It's not this short sentence here. Reading that short sentence while having gone through this process makes sense now. To a newcomer, it was baffling. Did not understand it. The same thing with the following following few steps. Now, the first sponsor, the first two sponsors that I had, I picked them because I related to them. Turns out that that's not a great idea for me, <laughs> because who I could relate to at the start were cooked idiots. <laughs> so, so the first person taught me about. Anger. Not about how to deal with it, but how to become more angry (laughs) at more and more situations. So I got pretty wound up in knots with this guy. Um, Got quite a lot of anxiety too from him as well. I'm starting to feel a a little bit taken now. Um, The second sponsor turned out to be a really well-spoken guy. Again, I related to this cooked idiot. And it turns out that this guy was a con man. Turns out that this guy was had fleeced most of Geelong, um, and that's some, somewhat some of the um, negative side of the anonymity part to Alcoholics Anonymous. Because when I shared my experience with a couple of people, they were like, "Oh, you should have said that you you were being sponsored by him. I would have warned you stay away from this person." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll learn that for next time. Thanks." Um, so then. Long story short, my emotional unmanageability got almost got the best on me and I was just going to meetings hoping to, and people have shared on this already really well, but that wasn't keeping me sane. It might have kept me a little bit sober. Uh, I had a couple of service commitments here and there. I was helping out. I was outwardly, outwardly looking like I was doing the right thing, but 
internally my condition was getting so twisted in knots that um, drinking wasn't starting to look like a good idea it was um, it was suicide and it was medication and it was things that I knew wouldn't work for me but I just didn't want the pain anymore so at my three-year milestone, I remember reaching out to a couple of um, older sober members who I knew had really strong program about them. And these guys were just, they, they looked, they acted, they, they, they were the package. And I was like, how do I get from here to there? And they go, you need strong sponsorship because you need to actually get into the program of this thing and you need to do it. You're too sick to just have fellowship. You need the program also. Um, and so my sponsor was somebody that I could obey, that I could follow, that could lead me. I say all of that because by the time you get up to step four and five, you've gone, hopefully, or this is my experience, I'd been taken through the big book line by line up until page 60-something. And I'd spouted many experiences off my, of my own. He'd relayed some of his as well. And learning about the unmanageability of it and the anger and the fear and the sex harms that I'd done wasn't such a scary proposition after all. Because as he showed me in the book, there are very clear-cut instructions that are very simple to, to do when you are shown properly. That's my experience. So the three parts to step four, as it was shown to me, was my resentments. Big thing of my life. The next was my fears. Crippling thing that held me in its grip all the time, it felt. And my sex harms wasn't just against, it wasn't just my relationship with my wife, it was the relationship that I had with other people. It was how I treated other people in order to either get sex or look better or all of these sort of things. It wasn't just the act itself. It was how I treated people, um, be they male, female, anything in between. And that was something that I needed to really look at and overhaul because, as it says at the end of the, um, the section with the instruction of, of the sex harms, it's create a sound and sane sex ideal. Now I've gone through this, I've had the privilege of taking other, other men through this and a lot of the times mine doesn't match somebody else's but that's not the point because it doesn't need to. Mine matches me and how I live my life. I've got a pretty good life as of following that instruction. The resentments, it's sort of like, without making it sound too negative, it's like writing lines for the first time. I remember doing line after line after line after line, so I got to be pretty good at it. Now, when I, and I think the reason why we do that is so that it does become second nature, so that when you do get disturbed and blocked off by any level of resentment, be it small, large, whatever, you know how to do it. So I quickly bang out some, some lines on the, on the page or whiteboard, wherever I am, and I get unblocked from it really quickly these days. I've shown people at work how to do this and they've seen me disturbed and all that sort of stuff and sometimes I don't remember to do these things and they, even the people at my work go, 
what about that, that column thing that you, you do? You need to do one of those? I'm like, shit. So I'll go and do one. And they can see quite physically the change in me walking around, stomping around, dun, 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 all of that, to laughing, smiling, and being a useful person at work again, really quickly like that. But it's not just about banging it down on the page. I need to follow it up with further action of how can I turn my will and, and thoughts and actions to go and help somebody else. Because otherwise I'll just sit there in self and go, oh, look at how good I am at getting rid of resentments and all this sort of thing. <laughs> the same can be said with, um, with fears. I, I didn't realise just how afraid I was of everything. There were so many things in life that I, I, was, I was petrified of. Now, standing up here isn't the highlight of my fear inventory, but it, having gone through it, it's definitely allowed me to do this. Um, and that was quite a simple process as well. We just went through the columns, put it all down on paper. And as I've heard from so many speaker tapes and counsellors and therapists and all those sort of things, the two best ways to get something out of your head are to either talk it out or to write it out. Step four teaches me to do basically both of those things. And that's backed up by all of these other scientific papers, which is really cool. Um, so that's my experience with step four. And I really, really want to reiterate the fact that doing it by yourself is, is not going to get you free. You need to do it with somebody who has been through this and that can stop you and can teach you the right way to do it so you can get free of this. Because otherwise you will just end up if you're anything like me, you'll end up twisted in knots and it is going to hurt. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I don't like sitting in pain. It sucks. So that's my experience with step four. Step five is so interlinked with step four, it wasn't funny. Like I said, I had a strong sponsor that took me through the entire process of it. I remember... Cool. Um, I remember... Going to my sponsor's house, we went for weekly sessions for a couple of hours at a time. And this one one time, we got up to the step three prayer. And like I said, we'd had many sessions before this point, and I knew quite a lot. I thought I knew quite a lot about myself. And we went into the step three prayer. There was another sponsor there at the time, and he's like, "Cool, we're going to get down on the ground. We're going to sit around this coffee table. We're going to hold hands. We're all going to have the books out, and we're going to read the step three prayer together." And it was such an electric experience. I got close to that experience not half an hour ago in that room when we went through it in the in the little study in the other session. And the reason why I say that it was such an electric experience, it gave me the power and the strength, I guess, at that time for as soon as I got off my knees to start writing stuff down and I knew and I saw in the two people around me's eyes that they weren't leading me astray. So when it came to the next week, when it came back to sharing some of this stuff. I'd already told him most of it through my experiences and, my, and him qualifying me as an alcoholic through the first 60-odd pages. So it wasn't such a scary proposition. Um, I mean, yeah, there's obviously things in, in my past that I'm not going to say for the internet, um, but, there's, but there, was a lot of, there was a lot of things in there that I knew it was like a... It was like a rock in your shoe. If you just stop and take it out, it's going to be so much easier, but sometimes I just can't be bothered. I hope that makes sense. And um, 
there was just a lot of little niggling feelings that I had. And as soon as I got rid of all of these things, as soon as I read through these columns with my sponsor, um, I felt lighter. It's probably the best way I can describe it. I, um, I was actually saying to a new friend just before, it's like walking from this end of the, the room to this end of the room and just dropping weights as I go. And by the time that I get to that end of the room, I feel light as a feather. And I felt like I could, I was free. I felt freedom for one of the first times in my life that I can remember. And I didn't feel resentful. I didn't feel angry. I didn't feel scared. I'd, I'd learned a few more things about my sponsor, which was really cool. Because step five isn't just a one-way street. It's not me just spilling all my crap. It's about him identifying with me and going, yeah, I've done that too. Or, yeah, I did something like that. And here's my experience. And it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Wow. Awesome. So I'm not this terminally unique snowflake anymore. I'm this garden variety average alcoholic who is just like another person. Um, and nothing is so shameful about me. Nothing has happened in my past that I can't be lifted up and saved by a power greater than myself. So step five is, I start to get quite passionate about step four and five when people say it's a really scary experience, I spent years on it and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, don't. It's not, in, it's not new information. That's all the stuff that I've done in my past. All the stuff that I don't remember, I can't write down. So all of the stuff in, that's happening in blackouts that you think, oh, I was just going to magically spill out on the page for the first time, that's not my experience. Since doing my original four-step and fifth step with my sponsor, yeah, there's been other things surfaced to the, to, to the top that are just like, oh, shit, how did I forget that one? Um, but again, it, my experience tells me that my experiences help bring me to a level that I'm ready to deal with things at the right time. So some of the things from my childhood or teenage years, things like that, they didn't surface on the first go around of this thing. They surfaced like six months later, a year later, a year and a half later, these sort of things. And it's because of the actions that I, that I continued to take after that that enabled me to grow spiritually to handle these things that they could come to the surface and be dealt with appropriately then. That's my experience of it. So if you're new around here, if you take anything away from this whole thing, please get somebody who has been through this experience before. It's really easy to tell who they are. I now know, and I'll give you the cheat sheet. It's the people who have light in their eyes. People who have their soul back are people that know how to do this, who have been through this, who have had a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening and only want to help you for the love of it. They're not getting paid. They want to help another human being because at the end of the day, they can't stay sober without helping other people. I didn't think that that had come up. Um, but yeah, I will leave it on that because I don't want to stretch it out. If you've got any more questions, I'm, I'm around the rest of the weekend. Thanks for letting me share. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.